the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed, and hour number two is underway at 10 minutes past 10 o'clock on this Thursday, the 11th morning of the fourth month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll come back to Bill Barr. We'll come back to Julian Assange. We'll come back to uh, the Ohio heartbeat bill passing in the state of Ohio and awaiting Governor Mike DeWine's signature and all of the rest coming up in, uh, in a short while. Also, coming up at the bottom of the hour at 1035, uh, General Thomas McInerney is going to be joining us uh, as well, and I'm very much looking forward to that conversation. He will be the next guest speaker at Act for America by way uh, of uh, uh, an online uh, national security briefing. General Thomas McInerney, that will be happening on uh, Monday, and he's going to join us to talk about the Russian collusion hoax. And it's time to learn about the hammer. You might not know what that means. You will when you hear from General McInerney at the bottom of the hour. At this point, however, I want to say good morning once again to our good friend and our regular Thursday guest, Dr. Everett Piper, president at Oklahoma Wesleyan University and the author of Not a Daycare, among other very important books. Dr. Piper, good morning. Good to have you back on the program. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Bob. Thanks for having me. It is a pleasure. Hey, Doctor, you uh, made kind of a, uh, a reference, kind of a quip at the end of our show last week about uh, uh, not being able to play football or, or something about uh, uh, you know you being a, uh, you made a, you made a metaphor and talked about it would be like you trying to be a pro football player, trying to identify as one, just because you say so and you're not actually one. And I bring that up because I want to hit you with something I did not prepare you for, and I do apologize, but it literally just came across my screen as a news alert, and I wanted to get your first blush reaction to this, Dr. Piper. 234 House Democrats and two Republicans have co-sponsored a bill that would force schools across the country to allow boys to compete on girls' sports teams as long as they say they feel like girls. This is going to be the end of girls' and women's competitive sports, as we know it, as far as I am concerned. 
Um, whatever happened to looking out for women's rights, for crying out loud? They're about to invite boys to dominate all of the girls' events. Dr. Piper, your reaction? You're spot on. And by the way, forgive me, I'm in an airport, so if you hear background noise, I apologize for that. No problem. But no you're, problem. Spot on, you're, you're spot on in your concern, and it's something I've been saying for well over two or three years. When you deny the reality of the female, you can no longer claim to be a feminist. You cannot claim to be taking the high ground on science when you deny the biological fact of the male and female. Conservatives no longer are the science deniers. Really, we never were, but we were accused of that. Today, the unapologetic science denier is the progressive left because they refuse to acknowledge biology. They refuse to honor physiology. They deny the biological fact of the female. They are misogynists. They're going to take away the very dignity of the woman by taking away her identity. They actually are claiming that women today are akin to leprechauns and unicorns. Make believe, pretend, because all you have to do is raise your hand on a given day, and it doesn't matter whether you're a female or not. All you have to say is, I feel like one. And on that given day, you can take a woman's shower away, her bathroom away, her sport away, her scholarship away, her dignity away, and her very identity away. You cannot claim to be pro-woman if you deny that women are real. That is very well said, uh, and yet I fear that the other side will 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 mischaracterize what you just said uh, and say women are real. It's just that they don't always come in uh, the same chromosomal form, <laughs> uh, that they don't come with the same genitalia. Women, uh, being a woman, is a state of mind. Being a woman is how you feel inside. That's you know that's what they've that's what they've advanced obviously throughout all of these years of trying to promote transgenderism. They're trying to convince us that biology doesn't matter; only psychology matters. Okay, let me respond, and I'll go back to the analogy I used in your show uh, a week or two ago. If I want to claim that I'm a football player, but yet I never go to practice, I don't know the plays, I've never picked up the ball, all I do is sit in my lazy boy chair on Sunday afternoon and use my remote control to watch a game, does anybody seriously believe that my feelings and my ambitions actually make me a player? I am not. If I want to pretend that I'm a four foot five Asian woman, people would rightfully say, no, you're a six foot two white guy. You can pretend, you can make believe that you're a four foot five Asian woman, but that doesn't make it so. There's a gentleman in Great Britain, he's 45 years old, and he says he feels like he's a six year old girl. So he dresses like Shirley Temple, he sits in his living room, and people are celebrating it as if it's a fact. There's a guy in Florida that acts like a dog. He's defecating in the backyard. Does that make him a dog? The list goes on and on. There's a gentleman in Houston who's had multiple surgeries, and he calls himself the dragon man. He thinks he's a dragon. He's had his nose bobbed, his ears removed, tattoos and scarring to make him look like a lizard. Does that make him one? Where does this nonsense stop? Ideas always have consequences and who defines the terms always wins the debate. If we refuse to define male and female objectively, if we refuse to define humanity objectively and in reality, biologically and scientifically, then you can pretend that you're a dog and that makes it so. Dr. Everett Piper joining us. He is the president at Oklahoma Wesleyan University. He is also the author of Not a Daycare uh, and also Why I'm a Liberal and Other Conservative Ideas. Um, 
Dr. Piper, let's move on to some of the things you and I did discuss in preparing for our show today. And uh, your latest article, uh, which ran in the Washington Times, headlined Pro- uh, Progressive Tolerance and Millennial Love. I know you don't necessarily write the headlines, but I think it's pretty good. Cap- it captures pretty well what you are trying to say. Um, the institution of education, higher education, and not just higher education. I think we've seen enough examples in recent months and in the last couple of years that this is not only in high but in middle as well as elementary schools as well. But the educational establishment, as you describe, and this is kind of playing off of your book to some extent, and I'll let you talk about it in more depth, um, has produced, in your words, a nation of intellectual infants who are incapable of crawling out of their emotional cribs. Can you tell me how those two intersect, intellectualism and emotional and emotions? Well, Ben Shapiro is fond of saying, my facts don't care about your feelings. That's one of his taglines. And he's spot on because facts can't change, feelings can. Now, it sounds cold and calculated, but we've come to the point in our culture where we're actually suggesting that we should give diplomas at university when people major in feelings. Well, that's absurd. You don't come to Oklahoma Wesleyan to get a degree in feelings. You come here to learn the facts of your discipline, whether it be psychology, accounting, whether it be biology, physiology, whether it be marketing, whether it be finance. There are facts relative to your discipline, and I hope you learn a little bit more about those facts before you graduate than you did when you came in as a freshman. And if I patted you on the back on graduation day and said, here's your diploma in feelings, that's all you've got here, I would think you'd rightfully suggest that you wasted your time and your money. Feelings are always dangerous. They're malleable, and they can change. When you establish laws and you know, start establishing and defining a culture by feelings, it always digresses to power, because the person who feels most offended, the person who has the most passion for his aggressive agenda, will prevail if there's no standard that's called those uh, self-evident truths that have been endowed to us by our creator. Self-evident implies objective reality, not self-defined, which would imply feelings. Our culture is a culture of objective facts. It's not one that's governed by power and feelings. And in my, in my industry, higher education is ideologically bankrupt because we don't understand what I just said. Dr. Piper, when... Um when I talk about, and when a lot of folks talk about the problems in our culture and in our communities, particularly in our inner cities, we point to the fact that um, it's it's generally it generally begins in the home. Um, if there's not a mom and a dad uh, providing discipline, providing oversight, making sure homework is being done, making sure school is being attended, making sure that the proper steps are being made to uh, become a productive member of society, that's what leads to the breakdown. Um, and and a lot of times there just isn't the motivation for the mom and dad to do that. Uh, they just don't care. They didn't have a mom and dad raising them properly, and, and the cycle continues. But when it comes to the educational realm, especially at the higher education, one would think there is a motivation there. They're spending money, a lot of money. It's not free to go to Oklahoma Wesley, and it's not free to go to Hillsdale where my daughter's going to go. It's not free to go to, our, to Heidelberg where I went. It's not free to go to Ohio State. Why aren't parents demanding that their kids um, crawl out of their little emotional shells and demanding their safe spaces and get to the business of getting the education that is going to provide them with their means of support for the rest of their lives so that they get a return on their investments? I think a lot of parents are oblivious to this conversation. I think many people our age, your age, my age, people that have college-age kids, they 
think that it's basically the same as it was when you and I were in college. And I would argue when I was in college, perhaps when you were in college, Christians were still shown relative favor. Oh, we were perceived as boring. We were perceived as a prudish. But we were basically trusted because people knew that we didn't party. We weren't going to get drunk. We weren't going to try to hit on somebody's girlfriend or wife. We could be trusted to be honest, moral human beings. And therefore, we were patted on the head, even by the secular establishment, and shown favor. Those days are gone. You are no longer shown favor within the academy, within the ivory towers. You are perceived as an enemy and an adversary to be destroyed. And parents need to understand this. The academy has changed. Your Christianity is now verboten. Your ideas are perceived as bigoted and hateful, and they will be torn from your kids' heart, mind, and soul. You need to recognize the day that we went to college no longer exists. Dr. Piper, I know you said you're in an airport. Are you getting close to boarding, or do you have time for one more short segment after a timeout? I can stay on until uh, the bottom of the hour at max. Okay? okay, perfect. We'll take a quick time out here. Dr. Piper will come right back. I've got a couple more quick questions for you as we continue on AM 1420 right. at the Answer. Let's go, girls. All right, 1024, i got uh, six good minutes left now with Dr. Everett Piper before the bottom of the hour and before he has to uh, uh, hit the uh, jetway. All right, Dr. Piper, two other stories that I wanted to follow up with you on. The first one I kind of talked about with you last night off the air or communicated with you last night off the air, and that is the case of the Lyceum here in our town, here in uh, Greater Cleveland. It's in South Euclid in particular. The Lyceum is a classical Catholic educational institute, very small, 53 students, grades 6 to 12, uh, but they're educated in a certain way that their parents uh, are willing to pay to have them educated with, and that is with strict Catholic doctrine being uh, implemented and taught. Uh, and that includes traditional marriage, one man, one woman. That includes uh, two sexes, etc. They do not uh, want to be forced to uh, change uh, anything having to do with their religious practices. And yet the city of South Euclid has implemented a wide-ranging ordinance that would and could penalize, fine, and possibly even imprison the uh, administrators at the Lyceum for not capitulating to what I can only describe as the LGBT agenda. Uh, so I gave you what I had on that story last night, your reaction to it, as uh, it just, it, you know, the federal lawsuit was just filed this week, so it's uh, it's got a long way to go, but your reaction. Well, in Revelation, we're told that there will come a time where we can neither buy nor sell. The believers in Christ, the faithful, the converted, We'll neither be able to buy or sell within the general commerce of culture unless we take the mark. I don't know what that mark is for sure. We're, some people think it's 666, et cetera. But we know that we have to bow to some other altar in order to do general business within the economy. Um, are we there? We've got Chick-fil-A being denied the right to do commerce in the San Antonio airport. We have Bernal Stockman being denied the right to sell flowers in the state of Washington. We have Jack Phillips being denied the right to bake cakes the way he wants to bake cakes in Denver. We have a producer in uh, Minnesota being denied the right to produce movies that, that it reflect a general biblical ethic. We have calligraphers in Arizona being denied the right to calligraphy that's consistent with their artistic expression as Christians. And now we have the Lyceum that's being denied the right to Catholic doctrine and Catholic polity because the state says otherwise. Are we at the point as a cult where Christians are being punished for being Christians? I think the answer is yes. And if it isn't, it would, I, if people don't agree with that, I would argue perhaps we're in the news and we have our head in the hand. 
Dr. Piper, I'll tell you what, your your phone is breaking up. I got most of what you just had to say, but not uh, not all of it, and I'm not sure it's going to get any better based on uh, the uh, progression of it. So I'm going to end it there. Next time we talk, I will ask you about what happened down in Texas on Tuesday, down at Baylor, a Christian university that had 2,000 students and faculty protesting a Christian speaker for professing Christian tenets and beliefs, including the same traditional marriage and other things we just discussed. We'll save that for next week. Dr. Piper, travel safely, good sir, and we'll talk to you then. Blessings, buddy. Thank you so much. Dr. Everett Piper, president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University, and how airports are. Sometimes you get a great signal, sometimes it's just gone, and it started to go on him there. I didn't want to ask him that last question and then have it just be broken up on the way uh, back to you. So uh, thanks uh, to Dr. Piper. He's brilliant. Don't forget, coming up in about uh, 10 minutes, no, less than that, we'll call it seven minutes, uh, General Thomas McInerney is going to be joining us to talk about the Russian collusion hoax and more as he prepares for his uh, online appearance before Act for America's next meeting on Monday. Uh, Esther is in Cleveland waiting on AM 1420 The Answer. We'll take her call before the bottom of the hour. Esther, go right ahead. Thanks. I was thinking of ghoulish voices after you mentioned that. One of them is actually from a Larry Elder show where he plays a sound bite from the movie Frankenstein. He's the, the scientist saying, it's alive, it's alive. And I thought a few weeks ago I heard a sound bite from Nancy Pelosi who said, Earth is God's creation, we must protect it. And then a sound bite from the lady who's being called sometimes occasional cortex with her gangrene New Deal. She said, we have strayed, something like, we have strayed so far from what made us just and right and good. And I thought, hypocrites if they want to have abortion. Well, that's because they don't believe that God made us just right and good. They, they, they believe that we were born of Mother Earth. They believe we were born of the environment. They believe that we are here to serve the environment. That's what they mean. And by the way, I love the reference there to gangrene. Gangrene, as in the infection. Gangrene, New Deal. That's perfect, by the way. But yeah, they, these lunatics believe that, that what made us and, and, uh, you know, put us on this earth and what made us are not, not God. It's, it's nature. They worship the environment rather than, um, than God. We were created in God's image. They think we were created in the image of trees, uh, and that it's our responsibility to, to be more, uh, beholden to the success of the planet. Uh, than to human beings that God created. And by the way, I'm not suggesting we should not take care of our planet. We should, within the reasonable limits that we have, recognizing that we don't control the planet. We don't control the climate. We don't control temperatures. We control none of that. God controls that. The, the, the atmosphere controls that. We do not control that. But be that as it may, thank you so much for the phone call. You make some very good points. 10.30 time for news. General McInerney next, right here on AM 1420 The Answer. Ten thirty six. The Bob France Authority continues. Got some bad news and some good news. Which one you want first? Let me give you the bad news first. Bad news first is uh, we do not have General McInerney on the line. We had hoped to. Apparently, there were some miscommunications, uh, miscommunication, and uh, uh, time-wise, he thought we were at 11.30, and we are at 10.30, and he is in a hospital visit right now uh, with a family member, so uh, he's unable to join us right now. That's bad news, and it is bad news, but I will tell you all about his appearance coming up on Monday anyway because it's important. 
The good news is we're guest-free this half hour after all. So a great opportunity for you to dial right now, 216-901-0945. Uh, you know what? That's the old lemons lemonade thing, right? We don't have uh, the general, but we can make lemonade here. Let's get great phone callers like you on the line, 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. But just briefly so that I can share the information with you because it's important to me because I love the organization and I support them. Act for America uh, is hosting their next um, uh, national security briefing on um, Monday. Uh, it's going to be via uh, an online presentation by General McInerney, who will be interviewed in part by Jim Simpson, who runs Pockets of Resistance. So it's coming up on Monday, April 15th. Monday, April 15th, this coming Monday, and uh, they're going to talk about the Russian hoax, the collusion hoax. The real collusion General McInerney will prevent ev- present evidence of was done by the Obama administration. The dossier that we've talked about was a cover-up meant to deflect attention away from Hillary Clinton's corruption, sedition, and possible treason which involved her use of her illegal uh, email server, enriching herself via the global Clint, uh, Clinton Global Initiative and Uranium One. Also, the NSA spying program called The Hammer. How is it Benghazi-related? Will the media cover that? Thomas McInerney, the general, will at his Act for America briefing on Monday. Uh, also talking about the soft coup and the politicization, which we all know well, we well know has been going on of our intelligence agencies by way of Obama, Clinton, Brennan, Comey, Lynch, Strzok, Page, Steele, Rice, Powers, and on down the line. So it's Monday, uh, and you can watch it from the comfort of your home, on your screen. You can put it on your big screen if you want. You can put it on your uh, computer, your tablet, whatever you want to do. Uh, it's online only, and there is a link to register that you can get um, by emailing info at actcleveland.org. Info at actcleveland.org. Send an email to info at actcleveland.org. They will give you the link uh, to watch the uh, presentation by General McInerney on Monday. It'll be 7 p.m., by the way, 7 p.m. So uh, make sure you take advantage of that great opportunity to be educated by the general, who is uh, is really, really obviously on point here. Okay, uh, I want to go back to the phones, 216-901-0945. If you just tuned in, we spent a good part of the day talking about three stories. Number one, Julian Assange arrested this morning after the Ecuadorians gave him up. He uh, had been living in the Ecuadorian um, uh, embassy uh, in London for the last seven years, and there were rumors over a week ago that the Ecuadorians, under new leadership, by the way, with the new president, uh, were not happy with continuing to give him political asylum. So uh, they uh, were going to turn him over to the British police, and lo and behold, it happened this morning. So Julian Assange, whether he's a heroic reporter just giving scoops that he's gotten from whistleblowers, uh, publishing them like anybody else from the New York Times or the Washington Post would, or whether he's a traitor because he leaked information by way of WikiLeaks uh, that impacted uh, some uh, national security features. Uh, that's a matter of opinion. But uh, we talked about that. I'm interested in your thoughts. Do you see Assange as a traitor? I don't even know if he's an American citizen. Can he be a traitor? But is he uh, an enemy of the uh, the United States, or is he a reporter? He's a hero. He's a journalist like anybody else who cultivates sources and reveals information that he finds. Uh, secondly, we talked about Bill Barr, the um, Attorney General of the United States, dropped a lot of jaws yesterday when he declared that, yes, we really do believe, he really believes, that spying happened. Spying happened on the Trump campaign when uh, uh, in uh, 2016. And it was done at the behest of 
a FISA court who gave a warrant to make that happen, or at the behest of the FBI, I should say, who got the warrant uh, from the FISA court uh, based on that dirty dossier that we just talked about. Spying happened, and the left is going apoplectic right now uh, over that characterization. They think William Barr is just being a political Republican operative uh, who is saying things that cannot be proven. But the the uh, Attorney General yesterday, speaking before the um, Senate uh, committee, uh, uh, Senate committee uh, made it very clear: spying, aka surveillance, absolutely happened. The question is, is whether or not it was legitimate, whether or not it was warranted, whether or not it was something that was. Um, Legal, essentially, or illegal. So we've got that story. And then, of course, the other one, big one, is the Ohio heartbeat bill. Uh, it passed the House. It passed the Senate. Now it heads to the desk of the, uh, the uh, governor of the state of Ohio, Mike DeWine. The Ohio State Senate narrowly approved the bill by an 18 to 13 vote just hours after the House moved it along by a 56 to 39 tally. The bill makes an abortion illegal after a fetal heartbeat can be heard. That could be as early as five to six weeks into the pregnancy. The bill has no exceptions for rape or incest. Ohio would join five other states to approve such an abortion restriction bill. Former Governor John Kasich twice vetoed similar measures. Once new Governor Mike DeWine signs it, as he earlier promised, pro-choice groups say they plan to sue to stop its implementation. Good luck, demons. Good luck, ghouls. Let's just... um Let's just borrow a line from the left in characterizing this. When Chief Justice John Roberts and the Supreme Court essentially wrote something into the Constitution that does not exist, which is marriage. Marriage has never, ever, ever been a part of the Constitution. There's no constitutional right to marry. But when they did that and wrote it in on their own, amending the Constitution unilaterally, (laughs) the uh, Supreme Court, by legalizing same-sex marriage, which was never put in the Constitution as a right for anyone, when they made it a right for same-sex couples to get married, you remember what the... uh, Remember what the left did to characterize that? Remember how they celebrated that? It was all over social media. Hashtag... Love wins. Oh, and it's just so sweet. It's as if to say, no matter who you are, no matter who you love, you should have a right to marry them. Love wins. That was their big thing. And, of course, I don't want to relitigate that. Uh, the manifestations of that could be numerous, uh, obviously. What if three people love one another? Does love win? Do they all get to, you know, is polygamy okay now? Uh, and all of these kinds of things. But anyway, it was hashtag love wins. I propose to you that as soon as, Mike DeWine's signature hits that paper. Uh, the hashtag life wins should prevail. Life wins. Sorry, opponents of life. Sorry, pods, party of death members. Sorry about your luck, but life wins, much to your chagrin. Fran is uh, in Cleveland on AM 1420. Hey, the answer. Yes. Good morning, Fran. Oh, yes. I love your show, and it's really. True, a lot of people want to go and, um, you know, silly thing, like a lady wanted to bag some uh, the government that she wanted to, uh, uh, what do you call, get rid of bags, plastic bags, so they carry some kind of problem with the, chemi- the atmosphere and all yeah. kinds of issues with the uh, babies. Uh, you know, they worry about them. They don't care about, you know, 
you know, uh, the life of the baby. They care more. They care more about the environment and the and the, what you're saying that you know is with respect to plastic bags. Is like they care more about the environment than they do about human being human beings. Yeah, lives. that's right. And it, it's silly things like one lady was more worried about the, the caterpillar than she was with human life. Right. That's right. I remember that story as well, which is just freaky and strange. But that's how that's how some people are. That's how some people yeah, are. And that's kind of what we're fighting against. People don't know what to do now. I so they should write to the centers and get the right people in office to to uh, stop all this garbage going on. Well, that friend, that's exactly what we're trying to do here every single day. Trying to remind people and trying to educate people and inform people who the right people to put in office are. The sad. Thank you for the call, dear. The sad truth of the matter, of course, is there aren't always enough of the right people to vote for. We talked about this yesterday with one of my guests. Sometimes, sadly, we're forced into a bad situation. We talked about Donald Trump endorsing Mitt Romney for Senate. Well, if there's no true conservative running for the Senate in Utah, what's the what's the alternative? You endorse Mitt Romney, who may give you a positive conservative vote once in a while or may not because he's a rhino, or you have a Democrat who is never going to give you the right vote in the Senate uh, at any point for you know conservative constitutional principles and values. Uh, that's the hard part. Yeah, we do have to get more of the quote-unquote right people in, uh, in office, but sometimes there just aren't enough of them running. Let me go to uh, Barb, or excuse me, not Barb, it's Bob. Unless you want to be Barb, I don't know how you identify in Middleburg Heights. Bob, go right ahead. Good morning, Bob. Uh, Good morning. Any chance you could identify these people who voted to kill these babies in what district or area they're from in the state of Ohio? Yeah, I'm sure it it's public. A, it I don't have majority. it in front of me. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think that needs to be, those people's names need to be out there. I want to know who they are, and everybody else needs to know who they are. Yeah, you know, I, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll see if I can find it by the end of the show. I'm sure it's uh, it's public, like I said. Uh, it's just I don't yeah. have the list in front of me. There are websites that will show uh, how each uh, member voted on various uh, bills and issues. Get and so it on out so on the so. airwaves, please, sir. Yeah, 18 to 13. 18 to 13 in the yep. Senate. So 13 voted uh, to, uh, to, to continue the practice of killing babies, exactly. even after heartbeats are detected. And 39 in the Ohio House. Uh, voted yeah. for it as well. So as soon as I find it, I'll I'll try to get that out there and let you know where you can see it. Thank you very much. All right, you got it. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. As a matter of fact, uh, you got it, Bob. Uh, Marcy, maybe you can try to find that for me if you could look up and see uh, uh, how the uh, various representatives and senators in the state of Ohio voted on that bill. Dan is in Middleburg Heights on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Dan. Go ahead. Hi. Uh, I don't want to belabor the point, but I just, I just had to stick my two cents in on the abortion issue also. I'm glad you cut that guy off earlier in the program. To me, the, the one and only reason that people are, uh, you know, pro-choice is these women want to go out and have an abortion when they get pregnant, obviously, and right. then the next day go out and mess around with six boyfriends again. That's basically what it's all about, because there's no, I, the percentage is what, a billion to one that you have a medical problem that you have to have an abortion. It just doesn't exist medically. As I understand it, well, I, I think you're right. You do under. I don't know if I would characterize it as a million to one, but it is extraordinarily it is rare pretty, that it, the life high. of the mother, yeah, yeah that the life it, of the mother would ever be in jeopardy for simply delivering a baby, which is one of the most natural acts, obviously, that human beings do. So this um, is the, the, this is the scam. The scam is they can go down the street to the corner when they get pregnant and use it as a form of contraception and have right. no responsibility whatsoever, and then go out and do the same behavior again over and over and over again 
Dan, Period. you're touching on something that I, and thanks for the call. You're touching on something that I have, uh, I have, I have talked about before, um, from, from two points of view. One is what you just said, the promiscuity, the, uh, irresponsible behavior, the, uh, you know, the laziness. Like I said, I mean, it's, it, it's pretty hard. Now, let me rephrase. It's pretty easy to not get pregnant in in this day and age. There are so many different types of contraception that are available. And again, I know that the Catholic Church preaches even contraception is wrong. And I don't want to go into that right now, because not everybody is Catholic. Let's just talk about people. Between pills and prophylactic devices, there are a lot of ways for people to engage in, in sexual activity um, without getting pregnant, a lot of them, and and again, the, particularly there's a pill for that. It, it's it's pretty doggone simple. Um, is it 100 percent no? But I think it's literally when it's taken properly and never missed, it's like 99.6 percent effective. Uh, same thing with with prophylactic devices like condoms. I mean, there are ways if you still want to remain promiscuous, males and females, and not produce a child. There are ways for you to prevent that. Laziness. Laziness. Not using those things um, leads to so many of these "quote unquote" unplanned or unwanted pregnancies. So I'm with you, and, if, if, and then, like you said, sometimes they'll use the abortion clinic as the contraception. Oh, oh I, I missed it. I, I didn't take the pill. Obviously, one day, so it messed me up, and now I got pregnant. I'll go take care of that over here, and then they just go right back to their lifestyle. You're right, but I'm going to say something now from the other point of view that I know is controversial. And I'm not suggesting that these people should have abortions. I have seen meetings and town hall discussions on the issue of abortion from rape babies. Okay? That's a harsh term. People who were conceived in the womb as a result of a rape. Um, a lot of the pro-abortionists demand that if laws are passed like the one that was just passed in Ohio on the fetal heartbeat, that exceptions be made in the cases of things like rape and incest. And I have to tell you, I do have a very, very hard time telling a woman who has been violated violently that they then must endure nine months of pregnancy, 40 weeks of pregnancy for a situation and a condition that was not the result of their laziness or promiscuity or carelessness. They were victimized. They had no intention of having a child, and suddenly they find themselves with child because of a violent act committed by a male. I have a very hard time with that. My solution, though, is not to let them go and have the abortion or to encourage them to have the abortion. Because, again, I have seen discussions, panel discussions with people, all of whom are alive today because their mothers chose not to abort them even though they were the products of a rape. I'm merely suggesting that when laws like this pass, special attention be paid to those women. They're going to need more counseling. They're going to need more encouragement. They're going to need more prayers. They're going to need more support than anybody else anybody else who finds himself in the position of of an unplanned pregnancy they're going to want or they're going to be encouraged by some to engage in the procedure and end that life 
And I feel so much sympathy for the situation they find themselves in, and they're going to need more support and prayer and help. Uh, just keep that point in your mind that not every woman who does get pregnant does so out of irresponsibility, in um, uh, you know laziness and 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 you know uh, uh, refusal to change lifestyles and so on and so forth. Sometimes there are victims, real victims, and they need support in order to save the lives of their unplanned children. All right, I dragged that out a little bit, and I apologize, but it's hard to talk about, and I want to be very clear and cons- and 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 you know and thorough in my uh, in my explanation. I'll get a couple more phone calls in before the top of the hour on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. All right, in response to a previous question from a caller, uh, he wanted to know who voted against the heartbeat bill. And the answer is in the Ohio House, which was 56 to 39 in favor of the heartbeat bill, um, of the 39 of, uh, opposing votes, all Democrats, all Democrats opposed it, along with the following Republicans. Gail Manning of North Ridgeville, Scott Ryan of Licking County, Rick Carfania of Delaware County, and Stephen Arndt, uh, Arndt of Port Clinton. So what is that? One, two, three, four. Four Republicans joined the Democrats in opposing uh, the heartbeat bill. On the Senate side, uh, I don't have those yet. It was 18 to 13. I, I don't know if any Republican senators joined the Democrats on the 13 that opposed it. Uh, if I do find that out, I'll let you know. I expected those no votes from the Democrats. They are pods. They are the party of death. Um, I have a major problem with the Republicans who voted against it, who sided with the pods. TJ in Cleveland, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, TJ, go ahead. Hi, Bob. You know, Bob, Dr. Piper talking about universities aren't what they used to be. Well, my recollection of them go back even farther. I had a friend in the early 70s. He was a Phantom pilot in Vietnam. Now, for your listeners, the Phantom jet was the most sophisticated airplane in the world at the time. He was shot down, injured pretty bad, where he was in a wheelchair for a few years. After leaving the service, he went back to college to get his degree. He's telling me he's sitting in the back of a college classroom in his wheelchair, and these punks are laughing at him and making fun of him. And he says, you know, I thought about this two years ago. He said, I was commanding the most sophisticated aircraft ever made, and now I'm the front of a bunch of teenagers' jokes. He said the, the, the professor didn't discourage it, even kind of encouraged it. Now, my buddy was no snowflake. He needed no uh, safe room. He endured the abuse, and he got his degree. But that's my recollections of uh, universities and what was going on even... Well, the sad sad truth is, yeah, there was a lot of that in a lot of places back in the 60s, but I'll tell you what, my friend, thank you, TJ, for the phone call. It is far more widespread in universities and lower high schools and middle schools today, which, of course, is a huge problem. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to our guests, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.